Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. All right, men, welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Show. I'm your host, Tim Holloway, and I am glad to be back at you again. Look, uh, if you stumbled upon the show, I just want to tell you what this is. This is a show dedicated to Christian men inside a recovery to live an awesome spirit-filled life. You stumbled upon the show uh, and you struggle with addiction, you have come to the right place. So we're going to jump right in. Our first uh, uh, recovery quote of the day is this. I'm not telling you that it's going to be easy. I'm telling you that it's going to be worth it. Somewhere along the way, we've bought into this lie, and this lie sets up the expectations that we are supposed to have this uh, easy life, that things are just supposed to flow, and there's going to be no obstacles and no struggles and no difficulty. Uh, maybe you received the gospel message similar to that. I know that uh, when I was young, when I was converted, when I came to Christ, um, I heard a lot of different messages. But one of the messages was, you know, come to come to Christ, and your life will be magically fixed, and He will miraculously deliver you from all of these things. And and we know that oftentimes that is not the case, right? And that we have to go through some pain, we have to go through some struggle, we have to go through some stuff. Uh, to actually uh, achieve the abundant life in this in this uh, recovery journey uh, is what we're talking about here. So the expectation that this is going to somehow be easy uh, needs to be put to rest. And the reason why it does is because um, starting out in this journey, it's not going to be easy. Uh, avoiding temptations, dealing with triggers, uh, managing anger, uh, looking at your impulses, uh, looking where relationships have gone south and how did you play a part in this and all of these different scenarios that take place inside of recovery, none of those are easy. And none of those stroke the ego. <laughs> none of those gratify the flesh. They're all spiritual things that, uh, that, that must happen for growth and development to take place inside of your life, and they are not easy. But the last part of this quote, of course, is it is worth it. And it absolutely is worth it. I picture it like this is that, you know, we're going through life with a backpack and it has a lot of weight in it. And it's the weight of our sins, our transgressions, our addictions, our choices, uh, our consequences of these bad decisions. And it is heavy and it is a lot of work. And the idea is this, is that, you know, along this new journey, we're going to begin to get a new mindset, new belief systems that we are going to take these baggage, if you will, the stuff that we are holding on to, the stuff that is on our back, and we are going to take it out piece by piece. And then as we do that, of course, uh, we, the load begins lightened and you begin to walk in joy and all of these different things. So going through the pain, going through the struggle, going through the process, all of, all of that is worth it to get to the other side of the victory uh, of what we are looking for. So recovery question of the day. What were some of the biggest obstacles you faced in the first three months of recovery? 
a lot of the obstacles that I faced were in regards to my body and my mood and my feelings, okay? And as you know, is when you when you stop an addiction, um, you can easily go into some sort of funk or, or depression and stuff like that. Uh, that definitely did take place a little bit, but mainly was dealing with my body and how do I get it uh, back on track? How do I feel normal again? How do I get energy? Uh, how do I make it through the day? And all these different things. Uh, one of the things that I was facing was um, ulcers. And so figuring out, you know, quit uh, quitting the alcohol and figuring out what in my diet and my nutrition is going to help me um, with my health. Because as you can know, if, you, if you've drank for any long period of time, that highly affects your health. And so it highly affected mine. So one of the biggest challenges that I face is how am I going to reverse the damage that I have done to myself? What foods do I need to eat that, um, that would promote better health? And just really going through the things and just getting, how do I get energy now? Uh, that I'm depressed, right? How do I get myself out of this funk? So these are the the challenges that I immediately faced. And um, it comes through really adjusting your diet and what you eat, the supplements that you take, and the activity that you do. And all of those things begin to uh, cause you to overcome those initial challenges that come up. One thing about addiction, it's almost like losing your best friend, right? You have relied upon this substance, this behavior, this pornography, this stimulus, whatever it is, you have relied upon it for a significant period of time. And it has become part of your routine. It's become part of your habits. It's, it's even uh, probably scientifically hardwired uh, in your brain, right? And so all of these things um, talk about a struggle when you stop doing those things. And it's, it, it's, it's okay to grieve the loss, is what I'm saying, is that you're going to go through uh, most likely withdrawals. Um, you're going to go through probably an emotional funk. You're going to go through a mental fog and all of these different things to know that it's okay to go through that process. I encourage you to get connected with another person uh, who has been through it and that you can share your feelings and um, you could go through the process with some other people. And uh, if you if you see the link below, that's what our recovery groups are all about. So if you uh, go to that link, you can join up with other men who are going through the process or who have gone through the process and it makes the journey a lot easier. All right, so we're going to go back into the book of Proverbs here, and we're talking about wisdom, and we're pretty much in the first verse. I don't know when we'll get out of this verse. It's pretty deep. Um, so going in Proverbs, um, verse 2 there, it says, to know wisdom. And that's what we talked about in the last episode, to know wisdom, and that is to be intimately acquainted Intimately acquainted means that you know in a more intimate fashion. And so that is uh, something that is very powerful inside of recovery to be intimately acquainted with wisdom. And it goes on to say, and instruction. 
I'm not sure if we're going to get to that word uh, today, but no. To know wisdom and instruction and to perceive, understand, and see the words of understanding. So what we come here is wisdom is ultimately learning from our, our mistakes. We're going to have to learn from our mistakes. And the reality is, is that we're going to make mistakes. And so when you know that coming into this journey of discipleship with Christ and recovery in his kingdom, know and understand the reality is, is that you're going to fail and falter along the way. It's part of the process. Uh, it's part of hard knocks and it's part of your education. God is, has the mindset is that he is going to teach you right? He is our instructor. He is an, our father. And along this path that we are going to receive his instruction. So that being said, mistakes are lessons. Mistakes are not where I grab the club and I start beating myself over the head. Mistakes are my educator. And the quicker that we grasp us, the quicker we, we get away from guilt and shame and all the things that begin to press us down and to push us down. That mindset of shame that says, you know what, I am bad, I am nothing, I am whatever, and, and I'm a piece of crap and all this stuff, all it does is, is meant to push you down. And so you can sink in despair and so you can become nothing. But God's way is far different. And he says, you know what? On this path, uh, you are on a journey and you are going to fail and you're going to falter. In fact, in another location, he said, a just man falls seven times and he gets back up again. So part of this process of recovery is understanding that sometimes you're going to fall. Now, that doesn't mean that you go back to addiction. Uh, that doesn't mean... Uh, uh, that you slip up. But what it does mean is that you're going to have probably anger issues. You're probably going to have maybe depression issues. You're going to have relationship issues. And here's the reality of things is that our addiction has set up a track record for us. And that track record is one of shame. It's one of pain. And we are the ones who have caused that track record. Now, people know us based upon what we continually do and the habits that we bring to the table and what we consistently, how we consistently show up. And the reality in addiction, we haven't showed up very well, right? The reality in addiction is that we have caused a lot of pain and we have hurt a lot of people and we have developed a very negative track record. And what God gives us the opportunity to do is through his spirit to create a new track record, to, to begin to show up, to begin to deal with the issues in the areas of our life. But here's the reality is that we don't develop a new track record overnight. We don't wake up one morning and, and we're free from addiction and all of a sudden uh, everybody loves us and our track record is amazing. No, track record is by time and space, right? And that is through a consistent amount of time I have demonstrated uh, that I'm going to forsake the addiction and I'm going to walk in truth. And as we begin to do that, we begin to reshape people's perceptions and understandings of us. But knowing this, 
that nothing changes overnight, that this is a process and it is a process of yielding to the spirit of God that is speaking inside of our lives. So inside of mistakes is this, that we know that we are going to make mistakes. Now, in the last episode, I thoroughly talked about the consequences and the mistakes we make inside of our frame, that is our family, faith, fitness, and finances, and that we have made uh, multiple uh, uh, consequences and it affects those areas. So that being said, um, we have also made a lot of mistakes in those areas. We've made a lot of mistakes in relationships. We've made a lot of mistakes, you know, inside of our marriage. Uh, if you have children and they have been a part of your addiction and they have seen you addicted, you have made some mistakes inside of your parenting, right? And uh, whether it is with your body, you made a lot of mistakes with your body and with your money. So I just want to thoroughly point out that mistakes have been made. Now, what we could do is this. Now, we could go on and continue to make those mistakes, or we can learn from them. And those are the two decisions that, that we possess. And as we start this recovery journey, we're still going to make some mistakes inside of our relationships. We are still going to make some uh, mistakes inside of our parenting. Now, the only difference is this, is that now I'm woke, <laughs> now that I have awareness, I'm going to see the mistakes that I am making, and I'm going to apply wisdom. And what that means is that I'm going to be educated by my mistakes now, where before I allowed my, I, I allowed my mistakes to drive me into a pit of despair and cause me to sedate more with alcohol and drugs and pornography and all of these different things. Now that I'm going to intimately acquainted with wisdom, I'm going to look at my folly. I'm going to look at my mistakes and I'm going to learn the lesson. So we talked about in the last episode, like what foolishness really is. And here's a, a thorough, uh, more uh, thorough definition. And that is, I touched the stove, right? Boom. I touched the stove and it's hot. Now, I can process that information and say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore because it hurts, <laughs> Right. It is painful. I touched the stove. Ooh, hot. I got the the negative reaction. I got the 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 affirming uh, truth, and I don't want to touch it anymore. Right? That's wisdom, <laughs> right? Um, but foolishness is touching the stove and it's hot, and deciding that you're going to touch the stove again, and not only that, deciding that you're going to. Touch the stove again. And this is really the insanity of addiction because this is what we do. Uh, but we are under the illusion that stove is not really hot, right? But it is hot and it does burn and there's a lot of consequences involved with it, right? And we continually touch the stove and it's hot. And we, we continually go back to the same situations and we're not learning the lesson, and this is where wisdom comes in, is that, you know what? I have experienced the pain of this addiction. I've experienced the consequences, right? And we know what the consequences are. Man, we get uh, DUIs and we get jail time and we get 
parenting classes and we get addiction classes and uh, we get failed marriages and we get divorces and and uh, all of a sudden we're fired at work and our bank accounts empty and we're 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 recycling cans and we're pawning our stuff and we're looking for payday loans this is all the consequences of what I'm talking about here the consequences of the sin the stove is hot so here's the delusion. The delusion is that the stove is not hot. And this is the ultimate um, delusion since the beginning of time. When you study sin and how it came into the world and everything and how it took place, you understand that the appeal of sin is that it is pleasurable. What's, this means that the stove is not hot, that you could touch it and you won't be burned, right? And this is the lie and this is the illusion. And this is how addictions first start because we we touch the stove and it doesn't burn us, right? Or does it seem to burn us? And <laughs> the way addiction works is that it's very delayed. Consequences are delayed for a long period of time. And that is we won't we won't thoroughly experience the nasty fruit that is the nasty byproduct or what our addiction produces for a prolonged period of time. Nobody's liver um, gets destroyed in a couple weeks of drinking, right? Nobody's bank account gets fully depleted with one week of, of, of meth addiction, right? Or maybe it does. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody like suffers the full consequences in a very short period of time. So because these consequences are delayed, because the stove doesn't burn us immediately, we don't, we don't perceive the danger and we don't understand the process of de deterioration that has begun to happen. It's much like the frog in the pot. Right? If you threw the frog in there when it was boiling water, you throw the frog in there and you immediately jump out. Why? Because it's hot. But this is the way addiction plays out, is that the, the heat is gradually turned up. So you get inside of the addiction and it feels normal. It feels like everything's okay. I've got it mastered. I've got it under control. Everything is working out fine for me. Then all of a sudden the heat gets turned up. And that is it. you start to feel uh, different pains, pains in your body. It's starting to affect your work. It's starting to affect your relationships, right? And all of a sudden the heat gets turned up a little more. And all of a sudden you lose your job or the addiction begins to affect different organs in your body. Or maybe we're talking about pornography here, where at the beginning it was, you know, masturbation and maybe it happened once a week and, and it was to uh, some sort of a soothing technique to, to get some pleasure out of life and blah, 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 right? Whatever lie we tell ourselves, we deserve this or whatever. And so it happens once a week, right? 
and it seems like it's very under control, then all of a sudden the heat gets turned up, right? And you're programming uh, things inside of your brain to, to respond in a certain way, right? And so all of a sudden it becomes more frequent and more often and all of a sudden you you begin to settle fantasy instead of reality and you begin to forsake real relationship and connection and intimacy with another person and you settle for a cheap substitute and all of a sudden you begin to objectify women and then the pornography uh, turns up the heat farther and all of a sudden you're you're lusting and desiring after all of these women and you're fantasizing about them and you're creating plans and scenarios to sleep with them and blah and the list it goes on and on but it starts at a very small uh thing very small thing and so what i want us to grasp here is is the true wisdom it's understanding that the stove is hot. Now, though it may not feel hot at this moment, um, understand and fully grasping that uh, sin is only pleasurable for a season. And as you know, a season is only three months. <laughs> a season is very short. And that's the way I, I, I've experienced addiction in my life. You know, when I was addicted to meth and I was going hard in that, man, when I found meth, I dropped everything else because this was just the bomb.com, right? And so all the downers and all the, uh, the uh, psychotropics and the clonopins and the somas and the volumes, and I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't want none of that. I want this. And so I went hard into it. I went hard and fast, right? And I didn't understand how quickly it would take over my life. But at the beginning, it felt wonderful. Wonder drug. Solves a lot of problems. Solves my motivation and my energy problems. In fact, later, uh, throughout my addiction, that's what I call it. I call it motivation. Where's my motivation, right? And so it quickly turned. And that's the way sin works is that it's very pleasurable for a short season of time. But the reality is, is that um, it's going to turn and it's going to bite you and it's going to destroy uh, each area of your frame, your family, faith, fitness, and your finances. So continue in pain or learn from your mistakes. And God's spirit speaks if we have the awareness to listen. Now, I thoroughly believe this truth and this reality that God is ever speaking. He's speaking all the time. He speaks through the word. He, through, he speaks through people, through mentors, through my wife, through my children, through, stop, through signs, street signs. He, he speaks through all of these things. There was one time that I had God speak through a song. There was a song and it said something. It was said, slow down. And as I was driving, I looked down, I was driving way too fast. And just that words in the song said, slow down. And I, I was had the awareness to pay attention and I slowed down. Now, no miraculous event happened. I don't know what would have happened. All I know is that God told me to slow down and so I did. And so we got to understand that God is ever speaking and especially more so uh, when we make mistakes and when we fail and when we falter. And we should hear 
if we could break through the voices of condemnation, we could break through the voices of shame and self-accusation and all these different things, we can hear the voice of our Father picking us up and saying, you know what? What was the lesson in this? And then really, really pray for strength and empowerment to learn the lesson and, and to not have to repeat the test. You see, foolishness is having to take the test repeatedly and going over the same thing over and over again. But wisdom is learning the lesson and saying, where am I going to grow from here? Where am I going to go now? And I'm going to rely on the strength of the Holy Spirit and the power of God operating in my life that I'm going to learn this lesson. And when this same situation comes again, you're not going to fool me. So we can stop this process like we talked about yesterday with the, the person falling into the pothole. We could stop traveling around the same mountain by applying wisdom. And if you don't get anything else from this episode today, we could stop the cycle by applying wisdom. You see, there is a process and there is a cycle to everything. It's much like the children of Israel were traveling around the same mountain over and over again, right? The same problems and the promised land is over there, but yet here they are just, you know, traveling, grumbling, fault-finding, complaining, all these different things, just traveling in circles in a cycle of dysfunction when they could uh, rise up in faith, in trust in God and begin to possess the promised land. And so here's the reality of this wisdom. Any cycle, negative cycle, behavior pattern that we go through can be broken if we begin to practice awareness and say, you know what, where can I exit this circle? Uh, we have a lot of those circles here um, inside our community. Uh, I don't know if you have those where uh, in your community, but when you're driving on the road, instead of a stop sign now, they do these circles. And so you you drive in and you get into the circle and then you find the you know the path that you want to go and then you get off. Here's the reality about our cycles and our patterns. That if we would allow the light bulb to come on, if we would allow wisdom and be intimately acquainted with wisdom, when we get into these circles, instead of going just around and round and round and round, we can get awareness to which direction we want to go and we can stop the madness, stop the madness of repeated behavior patterns that are bringing us terrible, terrible results. We could stop the pattern by noticing the exit that we want to get off and taking that exit. Wisdom. That's wisdom. Wisdom is getting in touch with the Spirit of God and beginning to make positive, powerful decisions. And these powerful, positive decisions take place inside of your family, your faith, your fitness, and your finances. And you look at those areas of your life and you say, what, what does God want me to do inside of these areas? And we already know pretty much because the Bible says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, uh, with all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. So with that, we understand the two most important things is to love God. And so we look at our, our family and say, you know what, am I loving God inside of my family? 
Am I bringing my faith into my family? And am I loving, uh, making deposits into my wife? Am I making deposits into my children? And then we take that into our faith. Am I loving God inside of my faith? Am I giving him priority? Am I putting him first? And our fitness, am I bringing God even into my, my body? We must understand this, that we are the temple of the living God and the spirit of God dwells on the inside of us. And lastly, am I bringing God into my finances? Am I allowing him to be my CEO, my financial advisor? Okay. Am I bringing wisdom inside of my family, my faith, my fitness, and my finances? That's a question we all have to ask. I'll see you soon. Peace.